Good evening and welcome back to the Diz Dads Podcast Plus. I'm your host, Aaron Rittmaster, and joining me tonight in the man cave are my trusty co-hosts. I've actually managed to get them both into the same, well, online room (laughs) for the first time in a little while here. Uh, Please welcome back Willie Crocker. Hey, welcome back. How is everyone doing? And Tim Hicks. Someone's poisoned the watering hole. Uh, so that's the excuse now. Yes. I'm drinking <laughs> the poison as we speak. All right. Well, you know, we're back together and uh, thought tonight we would talk about just a, a, a sort of a random collection of uh, news and announcements that have come out of Walt Disney World. We've got a lot of stuff sort of in progress, actually, Walt Disney World and, and a little bit of Disney Cruise Line as well. Um, we're going to get into those discussions in just a minute. But before we do, we want to thank our podcast sponsors, Wicked Mouse Travel and Mouse Master Travel. They're both authorized Disney vacation planners who would love to help your family make sure that they get the perfect family vacation for your family. Um, you know, a, a vacation planned to meet your specific wants and needs. You can check them out at their respective websites, uh, wickedmousetravel.com or mousemastertravel.com. All right. So lots of news over the last uh, couple of weeks, especially things sort of getting back online at Walt Disney World, a few new things coming. And um, before we get to that, maybe we should talk about the big news from Disney Cruise Line, which is the launch, long awaited, of Disney Wish. Woohoo! We've only been talking about it for how long? Three years, four years. Right? Yeah, you know, I mean, they teased us about it way long ago. Um, and I think that what I, the reason I want to talk about it, none of us have actually been on the ship yet. Um, but I think it's still worth talking about because we've gotten started getting reports back from those fir- folks on the first few cruises. And there are a few elements that are available on Disney Wish that are just completely different from anything on the other four Disney Cruise Line ships. And I think it's worth mentioning them so that people kind of understand that there's there's a different experience out there. So um, let's just kind of play around with this, do a little round robin of it. So, uh, you know, Tim, you're a, a veteran DCL cruiser. Um, what was one of your favorite things about the the Disney Wish that you saw from the the uh, launch last week that is just different than what you'd experienced on other ships and and has you excited? Well, absolutely. And one of the things that I noticed, and this has long since been kind of one of those, uh, can they fix this things where um, 
uh, Mickey and Minnie or or any of the characters that come out to do an overall generalized meet and greet, you know, they're just on a separate floor kind of looking over a banister. On the Disney Wish, they've actually got a stage right there on the main floor when you come onto the ship. So, you know, those those um, uh, those character welcomes, those, you know, hoop it up and get everybody pumped up to, uh, you know, for the sail away stuff, that all happens right there on the main floor when you come in. I thought that was really cool. That's one thing that's really cool. There's a lot of Well, it's like, really welcome cool. the Hicks family. Yes. Like it's really cool. Yeah, yeah and, you know and that's, I mean? a, that's it's one of those things. It's a little, you know, a small tweak, but it does create a different environment and a different experience. So I'm glad you mentioned it because it's something that would have been easy to overlook. Um, so that's one of Tim's favorites. Um, w- Willie, what's one of your favorite things? That one you of saw? my favorites. Oh my god! Um, one of the other travel agency owners got to do the slide. Oh my goodness! And <laughs> she hit her head. No! It's okay, not so, designed for adults. So tell us about the slide. Um, it's a slide from the, I think, the fifth deck into the kids' club. And she hit her head, and she was one of the first people to ever have Disney, what is it, uh, medical have to treat her on the Disney Wish. <laughs> <laughs> Way and it go. was amazing. Heather, okay. great job. Yes. <laughs> so let's clarify this out. just a little bit. So what yeah. Willie is talking mm-hmm. about is that one of the cool features of Disney Wish is mm-hmm. that there is basically an entrance to the kids club that the kids, you know, basically go on, you know, check in on the fifth deck and you go down the slide which goes down, you know, at least a full deck to um the the you know, Oceaneers Club and, and all that area down below. Um, and normally it's for kids only, but during the open house period, um, right at the beginning of each sailing, I apparently, so far at least, <laughs> they've been allowing adults to go down the slide. Now they were trying house- to show everyone the right. exclusive that- things on the boat. Right. Now, if they have a lot of people start hitting their heads, my guess is uh, it's over. Stop letting the adults use the slide. Right. Well, I'm guessing yeah. that was more for the media stuff, right? Maybe it was not so a, much it was for the main cruisers. Yeah, okay. although, yeah. I mean, they've always allowed adults access to the kids' clubs when, um, like, during that open house time. Like, that's they, they let adults kind of explore during the, the open house time period. And, and it's not unusual for them to allow somebody to do something like that, but, um, but the slide might be off limits. Yeah. The, the slide I think might it's probably off limits becoming now. off limits. Um, yeah. but it is cool. Uh, well, I'm going to go bigger than, than you all have. You, you started small. I'm going to start big. I was blown away by the, the reports I got back and the bits and pieces I saw of the, the Marvel, dinner show um i mean they they really created you know i love the rotational dining system on disney cruise line i love that each restaurant is unique but i really love that they've taken it to a whole nother level and what they've done is really for the first time given us a true interactive dinner show beyond you know the things they've done in the past they they took elements of things they've done in other places and kind of combined them together to create something new and and unique and interactive um and you know i i just love that it's something that you'll only find on the wish it won't be on the other ships but um 
you know, it's also not like they could have used this as an excuse to make it an extra charge thing or to make it a, a you know, reservations only thing. And instead, every guest is going to get to experience this. And that's but, very cool. But is it going to be on the next two ships? Well, I don't, that's we don't know, obviously, Maybe, whether it is and, or not. And, and with each ship, they've, they've, you know, tried to do other things. You know, we, we can, I'm sure we'll do a whole nother show on this down the road, but yeah. you know, something, I mean, we might get a Star Wars version on a ship. We might well, get Well, that's a, what I'm thinking. What's next? Exactly. Star Wars, um, who knows, Toy Story Land, or, right. you know, what's the next movie or, you know, Pixar that's going to come to us? You know, the thing about that is uh, the wish is focused on exactly that, the Cinderella wish. So everything that is themed kind of points back to that in one way or another. For example, uh, the chandelier in the main space, whereas uh, in the past, they've been very, very ornate and decorative. This one is, yes, it's ornate, but in a different way. And it's got a wishing star at the bottom of the chandelier. And from what I'm seeing, reading, being told, uh, the kids can actually have magic wands that interact with that in some way or another shape, form or fashion. I don't know how it works, but that's what I've heard. What have you guys heard? I've only heard amazing things. I have a agent going on it in four weeks, five weeks, and she has two little girls. And all she thinks about is oh what are the magical things they're doing? <laughs> but it's, it's the, I mean, the, I love this ship, but all of the influencers have only been on the ship for the most part. Right. What I mean, I've gathered. Yeah. Right. The, the, the public cruises haven't really started yet. They had to delay the, right. the launch. So the public cruises got pushed back along with the, the launch cruises. Um, I'm I'm just going to mention quickly two other things before we move on because I, I want to make sure that that we mention them because I think they're of note. One is um, so I already mentioned the Marvel dinner show. There's also more of a Star Wars presence on this ship for everybody than than any other. You've got uh, an entire bar that is essentially a Star Wars bar, um, a, a very much an adult place. Although kids are welcome before I think it's about seven o'clock. Um, kids are welcome and they've got. Um, non-alcoholic cocktails for the kids. Um, and, you know, it, it's, again, it's the most immersive Star Wars experience on any of the Disney ships that adults have regular access to. I mean, um, there's nothing like a 1495 Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, hold just on had now, to bring it up. But this, this uh, is another thing that's different from the other ships is that there is no exclusive adult um, nightclub area like there have been on the other ships. The the bars are spread out and kids can can come in up until a certain point in the evening. That's actually true even in the adult entertainment districts. You just may not have realized it. Uh, I've not realized it then because I've never seen <laughs> kids. I'm, I'm too busy, you know, doing right. mixology and stuff like that. <laughs> no, no, kids can't come in yeah, here. They, they don't become kid-free until later. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, um. All right, so so that and I, and the, the last thing I want to mention is maybe not something that you think about much ahead of time, but it's long been the bane of those of us in, who are travel professionals uh, when we sail with Disney Cruise Line, and that is that traditionally their um, shipboard internet service has been abysmal. Like it's always a challenge on a cruise ship, but it, it was about the worst in the industry. I mean, I love things 
most things Disney Cruise Line, that was not one of them. Um, Disney Wish has a whole new different system um, that for the most part, people were really happy with and said it worked much better. Um, my understanding is that uh, that system is being slowly rolled out to the other ships as well. Um, Disney Magic apparently is next up. Um, and Wow, that's one of the older ships. That's one of the oldest, one of the oldest ships. ships. Yeah. 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 It's one yeah of the I mean, that's surprising. They're putting it on there instead of, I, I think it just has to do with schedule and where location and, and, and yeah. when they can dry dock and that sort of thing. Well, that's just it. I don't think they're doing it in dry dock. I think they're doing oh, wow. it live. They're doing it. They're just moving oh, it through. And, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, basically they were like running installing all of the whole... necessary infrastructure for it and then they can just flip the switch. Yeah. I thought if they were installing an entire mesh, that would take a little dry. Dock oh my God. Back. Yeah. If, Okay. Let's yeah. see what happens. So, and it's a, it's an entirely new system. Like the, the, you know, I think they're using, they may be using a different, um, I think they're even using a different satellite internet provide provider. Um, so anyway, well, we case, know, I mean, like Royal and them have high speed internet now. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ro- I mean Royal's the, the class of the industry right now. Exactly. Right. Um, but, you know, but I don't go on ships to get on the internet. Doing well, that's like. the thing. It's like we want to get away, but at the same yeah. time, if we have to make money, we want well, to- and and look, if I've got something to respond to, it's easier for me to get away on vacation if I can just get the thing I need and respond and have it done. It's another situation if I have to, you know, if it takes. 15 minutes to actually be able to read an email and then, you know, another half hour. And then you have hour. to download something and then yeah, you have yeah. to wait. And yeah, yeah. Right. And, and if all I need to do is a quick response and, and I can get it, you know, working more quickly, um, then I can get back to my vacation more quickly. So, um, all right. So that's, that's Disney wish. I don't want to spend too much time on that. Cause you know, let, let's let people experience it a little bit before we delve into too much more detail. Um, as with any ship, you know, service issues are getting figured out and scheduling issues are getting figured out, all of that. Having experienced one of these, because I was on the Fantasies pre-inaugural, um, you know, I, I heard relatively few issues uh, with Disney Wish as compared to, you know, what we saw on, the, on Fantasy, and which weren't terrible either, but, you know, not, not big issues. All right. Well, let's move to Walt Disney World, which is getting more and more like the good old days, I guess would be the way to put it. Back to sort quote of, normal. Sort of, kind of. Normal-ish. Normal-ish. Um, yeah. Normal is a setting on the dryer, right? Right. Right, exactly. It's not It's not deluxe or, you know, delicate. <laughs> it's just normal. Well, a lot of this is, is dining and or character related. Um, and I know that that's something that has been a big issue for folks, right? There, there are people who have delayed their vacations because they've got younger kids. The the character interactions are really important to them. And so they've been waiting till those things come back. Um, and so a lot of the character interactions are back and we're also getting, um, you know, more character dining back along with that. Um, so we've got a whole menu of things here and um, I don't know. Tim, why don't you get us started? Which which of these reopenings are you most excited about? You know, seeing come back online. Well, I think the one I'm most excited about, uh, and it's because the return of character dining is the Crystal Palace. Now, the Crystal Palace 
has already reopened, but the character dining resumes on September the 20th. So those of you that are uh, planning your, uh, your trips out ahead of time, uh, that's the date. September 20th is when Crystal Palace will be bringing back their character interactions. That's exciting. Very exciting. All right. So, Willie, Tim's excited about Crystal Palace. What are you most excited about from this uh, I, most recent? I have set of to go with uh, Leah One Stitch only because my uh, youngest is a huge Stitch fan at Ohana. It comes back September 27th. Um, the meal is good, it's not great, but the characters are really good. Stitch really puts on a good show. Um, you get you get a lot of waffles if you want and some bacon. And we all know Diz Dad love bacon, but um, it's still, uh, I would say, a good meal. But the characters make it really good. Well, the characters make it good, and and it's a good value as character meals go, uh, because you know it's it's a good chunk less expensive than than some of the other character meals, and you get some good, you know, unique characters because you get Lilo and Stitch, uh, which is now the only place that you get Lilo anymore. And then, uh, you also usually get, um, uh, Mickey and Pluto. Pluto. Right. I was going to say Pluto is usually there, which is nice. Yeah. But I mean, it's a hard one to get. It is. Unless you want to get there at seven Oh five AM. Right. Which well, Tim Hicks would uh, never be there. I then. will never ever experience that. <laughs> <laughs> Neither would Joe Masters. <laughs> now I will say the other the flip side to that now. is because I know a, he lives there. Because it's not in a park, right? It's outside of a park. Mm-hmm. It's it can be a good one to do kind of a getaway day breakfast where it's not, you know, you're not trying to get in early and then get to the park. Um, sometimes get you can those, get some more flexibility that way. Yeah. Get those virtual queue reservations and all that happy stuff. It's like, okay, here's our relaxed day. We're just going to do this. We're going to start with Lilo and stitch. And then we're going to have, you know, time at the pool, maybe some time at Disney Springs. Right. Well, I'm, I'm even talking about, you know, if that's your departure day, right. You got to be out of oh, a hotel, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, if your flight's not until three, you might what as you well. Yeah. Because um, you got to get your stuff packed up and get out by ten anyway. You might as well make it a day. Exactly. Um, well, I, I wanted to mention um, it's not so much a character meal, but it's a great experience. And I think we we mentioned it. Um, we talked about it a little bit, you know, kind of pre-COVID, um, and that's the the Chippendale Campfire Sing Along that they do over at uh, Fort Wilderness. Again, this is one of those interesting experiences where you get to kind of interact with characters, you get to have some fun entertainment and it's really inexpensive um, because it's not a full character meal and you just get the little um, uh, s'mores kits or whatever. And, you know, you do the sing along with the characters and it's, it just makes for a nice leisurely evening without the sort of stress or pressure of, you know, in park stuff. Right, and we've seen how the stress, pressure, and the intense heat and humidity has played <laughs> out with uh, with guests here lately. Uh, those of you who don't know, there's been like fights breaking out, stuff like that. It's like, okay, yeah, relax, I'm not people. sure where that's all coming from, but uh, yeah, I mean, apparently there was one fight that broke out in the queue to to Mickey's Philhar Magic. Yeah, Philhar Magic. I don't what? get it. I mean, it's world? a decent show, but who's fighting to get into Philhar Magic? <laughs> That's honestly, I thought that fight was staged. <laughs> and and not only that, but but like it's not like you're not gonna get in. 
Or that right? it's and if you don't get in, if you get in two minutes earlier, right? And if you I mean, don't like, get in, you wait fifteen minutes seats. every another show. You're right. yeah, air yeah. conditioning. It's okay. Pete and repeat That's get nice. in a boat. Pete falls out. What happens? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, so there there were a few more openings. Um, we've got character dining coming back to Cape May Cafe for breakfast as yes. well. That's, that's more, um, you know, Mickey and Minnie resort dining. I don't uh, think Mickey's there. I think it's Mickey and Goofy and friends. You mean Minnie, 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 Minnie and, Goofy. and Goofy and friends. Okay. That's yeah. Probably I don't right. think Mickey's really there, but which is weird because they're in their beach outfits. October right. 4th, October 4th. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe Mickey yeah. had to work. Well, right. <laughs> yeah, lifeguard at you know Stormalong Bay. Yeah, and so as you can see, what we get is if you kind of lay these out, three weeks in a row, right? Each week we we add another character breakfast. Um, we get Crystal Palace, which is breakfast, lunch, and dinner, opening September twentieth, with then, the same characters every meal. Right. Then Ohana gets Lilo and Stitch and and Pluto and, Pluto and, and Mickey Mickey on uh, September twenty seventh. And that's breakfast only. And then also breakfast only at um, Cape May Cafe, which opens October 4th. Um, you know, there, there is one other big dining reopening. Uh, as we record this, it's coming up in just a few days. Um, and, and that's the one that, you know, we've talked about a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I think general consensus is that Tim and I would enjoy it. Yep. And, Willie just kind of looks askance. Well, uh, <laughs> re- rephrase that. As, as one of our guests said, it was his favorite meal he's ever had in his life. That's yeah. Jay Crocker. <laughs> and we're talking about, of course, Hoopy Doo Review. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about good old Vicky and Al. Vicky and Al. <laughs> well, you don't even know where it is in the Grand Flirty unless you like sneak around for like a half an hour to find it. <laughs> <laughs> so victorian alberts is reopening um and i think we all kind of knew it had to be coming soon um i don't know if anybody else was following along with this but um you know the the michelin folks the ones who who award stars to chefs um were set to to release their first version of their guide that actually included the state of florida um because they're really picky about what they cover um, and their guide that includes the state of Florida is supposed to be coming out, I believe this September or October, this September, yeah, September. So we kind of knew that they had to get Victorian Alberts reopened before that came out because they weren't going to risk the, the first, you know, Michelin guide coming out and, and Victorian Albert not having the opportunity at least to right. show that they'd earned a star. So we'll see how that goes, but I think um, there's a lot of, of expectations at this point that you know they'll they'll be among those first. Oh uh, yeah, Florida restaurants that that earn their Michelin star. I don't know. Do you think they serve olives there? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Willie, I think you were looking at it right before we started recording. What's what's that uh, uh, prefix uh, menu price? Uh, it, it starts at two ninety five, and if you would like wine, it's 195 more. Let's Plus, be some awfully good wine. 
guaranteed gratuity plus eight suggests you tip more. So you're at right. 500 bucks a person. Pucker change, baby. Pucker change. And um, <laughs> they also have the Queen's Table, which is 10 course. This is only a seven course. Right. And I don't know what seven courses is because I only eat like three, maybe four. <laughs> 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 Maybe oh, well, okay. Okay. right. So the, they they do. There's no there's no chicken you, nuggets. So if you weren't a picky eater, you might eat all. Yeah, like Jay <laughs> said to me one time, he goes, "There's no reason for you to walk in there and just look around because they're not going to serve you anything you like." <laughs> right. Hey, he knows his brother. What do you want to say? He uh, does. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. And and look, here's the bottom line: Victorian Albert is not for everybody. It's not intended to be for everybody. Just like Chef Mickey's isn't for everybody. Like there are people for whom a meal at Chef Mickey's, even if they otherwise love Walt Disney World, that a, a meal at Chef Mickey's would be like, you know, a, a prison sentence or a, a punishment. Um, it's just not their atmosphere, not their scene, not their food. Um, so if it is your thing, though, um, Victorian Alberts is the destination for fine dining uh really in central Florida, but certainly at Walt Disney world. And, um, you know, they didn't just change out the menu. They didn't just close down, you know, because they're small and, and was hard to accommodate people for COVID. They did an actual renovation of the restaurant and really did a nice job of refreshing the space. Um, it was looking kind of old and dated and, um, they, now you're going to pay for that. (laughs) <laughs> how, how do we know what old and dated is? None of us have ever really walked in there. Have you? Um, I've kind of peeked in. I haven't walked all the way in the restaurant. And then what'd you do? Ran away as fast as you possibly could? No, no, no. I just didn't have time. I was I was meeting some people at Grand Floridian and I had oh, okay. a little bit of time. Okay. You were just you were just taking pictures. Yeah, basically. I was just poking around. It's it's you know, it's because it's right next to Citrico's basically. Right. And I would and walk in there and be promptly escorted out to the curb. <laughs> I mean, look, look at my outfit. I'd be out of there in say, like five seconds. My, I didn't have my coat and tie on, so it didn't count. Um, I've never brought a coat and tie to Disney, so I'm but, never going there. It, it, look, the bottom line is that it's a special occasion restaurant. And if if you're there for a special occasion, there isn't any better place to, to celebrate it. Um, it's going to be expensive. You know that going in. But you're there for the experience and for food that's, you know, consistently incredible. Yeah, it's it's the photography of the mind, right? It's yeah. it's this is a memorable experience that will always live with me because it was so unique, so one of a kind. And yeah, it was so expensive, but hey, you, sometimes you get what you pay for, right? Right. And it is an adult-only experience, right? There are no it's kids there. Very- Got to be uh, now. I, I believe adults only is, is a little misleading because um, it's not like you have to be eighteen to enter the restaurant. But I believe that you've got to be. If I'm remembering correctly, you have to be at least sixteen before they'll see. I you. think it's sixteen and over. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but I, I would never bring my sixteen-year-old there, and my fourteen-year-old. It, no it would way. be the unusual sixteen-year-old that that he would is have so picky. The temperament and palate for a meal at Victorian Alberts because it's a three hour meal at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At least. And if you get the it, queen's it, table or well, it's like right. you said, it's an experience. Right. right. Well, so from adults only to kids only, um, you know, the, the other things 
that we've been and these two I think we've been been waiting for. So uh a week from today as we record, uh we will have the return of the Harmony Barbershop. So Willie, did yes. any of your boys get their first haircut at Harmony Barbershop? Um, I'm gonna have to admit it, yes, Ben did. CJ <laughs> did not. And he got um sparkles all over it. And the first thing he said to me was, Daddy, you need to be sparkled too. And oh, I, got I thought it was gonna all be all the sparkles on me. <laughs> and it was so cool because he got the first button, my first haircut, and then I had the stuff all over me. And I thought his first sucked. comment was, Can I go wash my hair now? <laughs> no, it was it was for real. Like I was like, Oh my god. But yeah. And so Princess you brought back to your hotel room glitter, the herpes. Of oh, the we had stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bet you this found that true. in everything you brought to the world and everything you brought home for a month. Um, yeah. But, but Harmony reopens. And so the, the first haircuts will be back. Um, they reopen on July 31st. And then about a month later, on August 25th, the much anticipated return of Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Now, here's the thing about Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique's return. And, and I don't know if you guys caught this, but um, I had guests who were interested. So I looked and, and it, it occurred to me booking Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique here when they first reopen is going to be ugly. No, it's a nightmare, not ugly. It's because, like a, a, compl- well a complete S show. Because Cluster. here's the thing, it had become so popular that at the time this all shut down, they had just finished getting to the point where they actually had essentially three Bibbidi-Bobbidi boutiques going, right? You had the main one in Magic Kingdom. You had the Bibbidi-Bobbidi boutique in Disney Springs. And then you had the kind of... I don't know, slightly different, but similar experience in, in um, the Grand Floridian and they're reopening Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, but they're only reopening the one in Magic Kingdom so far. We still don't have reopening dates for Disney Springs or Grand Floridian, which means that, you know, we already have pent up demand because they've been closed for, you know, two and a half years now. Yeah. Almost two years at this point, two years. Um, And, they're only opening a third of really in some ways, less than a third of the capacity they had because the one at Disney Springs had a ton of capacity. Right. And the castle has nothing. So it's like nine seats at the most. Yeah. And each one takes, you know, hour, hour and a half. So that's going to be interesting when it first reopens. Yeah. There's not going to be nearly enough supply for that demand. But anyway, but anyway, yeah. So the key is the booking window on that's going to open 60 days before your vacation. Um, you know, get that reservation in as soon as you possibly can because it's right. You know, it's a matter of time and everything is selling out really fast right now at Disney. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that's probably a good, a good, uh, you know, segue point to talk a little bit about the way that whole system is working these days at Walt Disney world, because um, I've noticed even more than, than it had been in the past that dining reservations in general have just gotten really difficult to get booked. Um, And we've talked about this a little bit before, but it seems to me that 
we're seeing more, um, we're continuing to see more of the table inventory get pushed to the day of standby dining queues. Um, are, are you guys noticing the same thing? The only thing I've noticed is I can't get anything the first four days of a vacation, no matter what it is. Like, right. But the, you know what the reason for that is, right? It's the fact that other people whose vacation starts a few days before that have already snapped up those reservations. So well, that's by true, the time, but, but that's by not the time how you have the opportunity, there's nothing there. Yeah, but, but nine. I mean, like the the primetime cafe at Hollywood Studios never sold out. I mean, like uh, sixty days, sixty-two days out. Now I can't get it uh, unless you, I do it on the ninth day. You get a week, week and a half out, then you might run into issues but 60 days out really wow yeah that's what i'm saying and and the thing is that i i think there's two things going on number one we know that the capacity is still down right they still can't they still not all the way staffed up they still don't have the ability to serve as many people but i i think the other issue is that they're continuing to hold back inventory um you know they had started doing this uh, originally because, okay, there there were two things that they did to manipulate the crowds in the restaurants, right? Because what they wanted to reduce was people standing around waiting in the restaurants, right? So the first thing they did was make fewer reservations available, period. They took out some tables, made more space. But the second thing that they did was they changed their their sort of estimates. They changed their basis for their their estimated service that they could they could do so they used to estimate that a table would turn roughly every 45 minutes and now it's like 80 right so they pushed it to closer to an hour and a half and they do that because you know it used to be that they would just kind of accommodate by having you know they'd hold people to wait a little while longer in the lobby and then they'd bring them in but they don't want people congregating in that reception area because it's not very big in any of these restaurants So by having the, but what that ends up happening is because they've given it 90 minutes, there are still parties that only take 45 to 50 minutes, right? So when that happens, they then open up spaces using that, that virtual queue. And I think that they've really come to, to appreciate using that virtual queue as opposed to returning to the shorter uh, table turn windows. So are you saying that the day of experience is better than it has been in the past? Yes. Okay. I think they're spot on with the people that are there right now, but they're looking for higher gratuity and longer wait times in the, not, sitting times at the tables so they they're looking for like you know aaron we said it um garden grill a little longer than we probably should have okay but to, to what end we were just, just eating and hanging we out and drinking and, and i was drinking and you know all of a sudden you know the bill went to 220 instead of 119 well and that's the thing the longer you sit the more you spend exactly and that's what they're looking for. But then well, that, again, you clear out somebody else sits down and they're spending. 
But see, but if they sit down and they don't drink or do anything else, because all the money's made in the alcohol. Well, but but okay, I, I'm going to argue with you here because I think actually what we're seeing is something different. I, I don't think this is about income maximization necessarily. I I think this is about guest satisfaction because when they collect information on guest satisfaction, they don't the the impact of the planning stage that they did back home is not very big, right? They've already, that's in the past. What what they've experienced while they're at Walt Disney World is what they're reacting to when they get guest experience feedback. Well, if there are two different possibilities, you can have guests that have to stand around waiting in you know a, a narrow restaurant waiting area and get seated late, or people who didn't expect to be able to get a table, but who get lucky and score one from the virtual queue, right? Right. Which one is going to give you a better guest satisfaction rating? Good point. That's a good point. Virtual queue. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, it was Aaron. We were a prime example when we went to Italy. Yep. And we got those two seats and they served us wine and olives and everything else. We overtipped. I well, love olives. Okay, yeah, but, but also remember the night we ended up at having dinner at Toledo, right? We had no reservation. We were looking for something to do. We we pop open and we were thrilled that we could get, you know, right when we wanted it, a dining reservation at Toledo. Right. So multiply so, that by however many restaurants, and if another four or five parties a night get a happy surprise. <laughs> That looks a lot better on their customer satisfaction survey. Exactly. Absolutely. But me, if I can spend six hours at the same table in Makava, then I'm going to, you're going to get a good (laughs) review from me too. (laughs) Okay. I mean, the same thing is, yeah, yeah. You know, all different thing. La Cava. Right. Um, Time me up. All right. So, so that'll kind of uh, take us into a, a couple of other issues that are, are maybe techno technology related is the way to link them. Um, and the first is that you may start noticing that at some of the photo pass locations, as more of these direct um, character interaction meet and greets are coming back, um, some of those locations are getting the some say much anticipated, some would say dreaded um, photo boxes coming back online. And these are these automated stations that instead of having a PhotoPass photographer there, they automatically capture images. And the idea is that they're more consistent and they capture, you know, a, a larger volume of images and they ca- they grab enough that the idea is you should be able to get a good one out of the multiple shots they take. Um. Now, uh, I don't know, Willie, um, I believe you're the one who's, who's uh, mentioned the frustration that a lot of folks have with those photo boxes. They're, they're really bad. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. They're bad. They, they take some horrible pictures. And if you look like the other way or the other way, and you have some of the worst pictures you'll ever have. And I take bad pictures because I'm an ugly dude. But like, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm like, yeah. And you, 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 it's like, and they look the other, and you're like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? Or if you have three kids that are under nine, 
they have no idea where they're looking. Right. Like there's a little hole that you have to look in. They're terrible. So the reason I wanted to mention it is because there is a way to, to help deal with this. And, and that's really to be prepared, to be ready for it. Right. Cause the biggest problem with the photo boxes is that people, you know, you get the bad photos because they're standing there looking around for the photographer and, and instead you get pictures of people not looking to where they should be looking. So the key is to locate that photo box and, you know, use, use that as your target and, and let the kids stare know stare away. That's where the pictures are coming from. And for right. Christ's sake, stand still. <laughs> but, but that's a problem. You have no idea. No, right. I'm so, that's what and I'm then, saying. And, but, but the point is, they're going to move you through. But the key is to, to you know, still strike a pose, right? I, I think without having the photographer there oh, oh. that kind of calms so you for pose. a minute, right? There's That's the hard part is that you don't pause long enough to give the cameras a shot, a chance to get that clean shot. You just, you know, you turn, you think you're done, you move on. and you know, everybody in the family stopped turning at a slightly different point in time. And so every one of the shots that the photo box gets has somebody still moving. But Um, I mean, like it's, it's 2022. No one pays attention anymore. Like if there's a little box, you have one tenth of a second. I mean, like, I hate to say it because one kid's looking up, one kid's looking down. I mean, even like, you know, the three of us, we're not looking at the screen right now together. Nope. I mean, yeah. like, right. I mean, I love that we can't, but no one stares <laughs> at the screen. Oh, right. we're looking at our own beautiful mugs, right? Right, exactly. I, mean, I, I look beautiful. So, uh, I'm so at camp. The point is this, though. If you want a decent picture, you got to do it. Right. That's what it comes down to. If you want a decent picture, you got to locate the box, look at it, and make sure everybody pauses for a second. As far as I figure out where the box is ahead of time, so that when it's your turn, yep. you line up, you go, okay, here we go. One, two, three. Everybody stand not still. Going away. I mean, this, but this, you still have to know how it takes their picture. Right. Right. But, but still here's the know. important thing about them. Okay. This is the trade off. This is what allows them to get more of these character meet and greets back live. I mean, you know, we, we've had uh, Merida started meeting guests again this week. Um, they've got uh, Star Wars launch bay, you know, their, their characters, you're meeting Chewbacca again, you're meeting Darth Vader. Is it Vader or Kylo Ren? It's. Um... Oh, uh, no, it's. No, it's Vader and Vader and Chewbacca. V- Vader and, and Chewbacca with and BB-8, a BB-8 right. on a, a pedestal. Right, right. <clears throat> so, but but the point is that that as they bring those back, you know, they don't they don't have the staff, they don't have the cast members to put live photographs photographers at all of these locations while they're bringing back these characters. It's going to take some time, and so you know, we could not have these character meet opportunities. Or we can deal with the photo boxes at the places where they make sense. And they're right, trying. Where there are no characters. Right. And they're making yep. an effort. Yep. Right. So they've um, done their job-ish. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, the, it's a tough time right now. I mean, like right. no one wants to pay for anything. Everyone says it's too expensive. But at the same time, everyone wants to see every character in the park. Right. 
And you know the the photo boxes are are uh, photo passes version of the self checkout line at Costco. Right, I don't okay. want to pay to check out, but I'm doing it because it's quicker. Right. right. Well said. Um, and then uh, I guess the the last note that I had uh, uh, on news to cover is um, that we got the much awaited, anticipated launch date for Magic Band Plus finally. Yay! Applause. So Confetti. so let's let's get started with what the heck is Magic Band Plus? What's so plus about it? Oh, just like Diz Dad's podcast Plus, they've done something to plus it up. They brought Willie on. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, along with your thing. olives and chicky nuggies. Uh, and electric <laughs> umbrella. <laughs> you forgot about that one. Okay. So, womp, womp. Womp, womp. so we're so used what to are, what magic are the features bands? of Magic Band Plus that makes them different? Well, okay. Let's start with what it is and what it isn't. Magic Band Plus is the same as Magic Band band it to the extent that regardless of whether it's charged which is a different thing even if it's discharged you can still use it to open your resort room door you can still use it to charge your dinner you can still use it to get into the park okay that doesn't change so let's start so the on the on the basic side all the passive stuff right all the stuff that required you to tap right magic band plus and magic band work essentially identically when it comes to, to stuff to tap. What makes it then different than a regular magic band? It's interactive. And in just a short phrase, it's interactive. There are things that happen. For example, you'll notice as you're wandering around all the 50th anniversary golden statutes, statues, statutes is something that Aaron would debate in a court. But anyway, <laughs> well, I was going to say, yeah, exactly. The, the attorney just stepped in. <laughs> the statues you can actually interact with them that's one thing okay so i'm so, not gonna hog all the all the microphone the band okay. lights up for fireworks or whatever's going on coming down main street from the parade to you know it it literally lets you know what is going on in the park right. which is it, cool because it's like an apple watch yeah it, it responds to the things that are, are happening around you um yeah. it actually will integrate with the Apple play app. So for folks who, you know, dabbled with Apple play when they started, you know, mentioning that there were interactive games in, in galaxy's edge, for example, well, that was kind of the initial rollout of it, but they've continued to expand that. And so they're, and it became they're Disney be, play, right? So they're going to be Disney play or play Disney actually is what the app is called. Play, yes. Play Disney. Play Disney. Thank you. Yes. The play Disney app will have interactive experiences that'll cooperate with your uh, magic band plus and, you know, all around the Walt Disney world theme parks. Think about this. If you're like trying to find a certain, you know, you're trying to find cargo while you're in line for smugglers run, uh, your magic band plus may just go off and say, uh, you can get a haptic response. Oh, check over here. You know, this, this might be a place you want to look for something like that. I can see that. There you go. That's a good example. Um, So, yeah. So it's got haptic feedback, which is that, that buzz feeling like when you're holding the game controller and it, you know, makes you feel like you actually hit something. Um, That's haptic feedback. Uh, So there's some of that in the magic band plus. Um, Now it does not have an actual watch face, so you can't use it to tell time. Um, It's not going to be a substitute for the price is very affordable. I thought. 
Yeah, thirty four ninety nine plus that's, yeah. that's, you that's get a discount. So it's priced really kind of at the heart of the Magic Band prices, right? I mean, there are limited yeah. edition Magic Bands that are more expensive than the baseline yes. Magic yes, Band indeed. Plus. Um, because oh, I thought you said baseline tap house. That's, I thought we were wrong. That's there. another. That's, that's another. Place yeah, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> another amazing place. Yeah, that's already Sorry. reopened. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, you know, price wise, the the Magic Band Plus kind of slots in towards the higher end, but there were limited edition Magic Bands that were going on sale for thirty five dollars. You know, thirty four ninety nine. Uh, I yeah, paid more at least. for one. I was gonna say more than that. Yeah, there were a few that were more. My son got a Vera Bradley one that I didn't oh, know. Well, he that's was oh well, he didn't yeah, know Vera. what it was. Right, and it was. I was like, "What are you doing?" And of course, it's I was like, stupid. I was like, "Yeah, you can do it." I'm being bougie. What do you think? Yeah, yeah bougie daddy. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's like, "Why does he have that?" And I don't have it. No, oh, it was Louis Vuitton, not 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 Vera Bradley. It was oh, Louis Vuitton. Oh, Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the point is that, that, that Magic Bands have become the new collectibles, right? They're they're starting right. to supplant pins if they haven't already, as the the real sort of Walt Disney World collectible. Well, Lord knows, Sarah, several of us have a nice collection going. That's right. And it's but not anyway. just rainbow colors. Yep. The thing about the Magic Band Plus is the fact that it is powered. And as such, needs to be recharged. Now, Disney is telling us that it will last as long as three days. I don't know that I would necessarily trust that. I think you get back to the resort, you plug it in for the night. So it's ready to go for the next day. I, I, I would agree. Like, I wouldn't trust it to go three days without a charge. I wouldn't trust it 24 hours. Oh, I, I think I think it's going to be good. You know, even under heavy use, I think it'll go 36 hours easy because there's only so much that it does that requires battery power. It's not like a, a you know, Apple Watch or yeah, that's on all the time. It's not, you know, it, it's it's got a limited amount of power hungry things that it does. Yeah, I would have to think there's some kind of latent, um, um, you know, uh, uh, where where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Just to send out that signal, signal to see well, if there's the a response. Well, location, location, location has to be there. Right. Well, well yes are we no, near something because that needs depending response? on how you, how it, I mean, we haven't seen how it works in practice yet. Some of that, you know, the location stuff may get handled by your My Disney Experience app rather than by the watch. There you go. Could be. Which we know is so amazing. <laughs> no, but the point Can is you roll your eyes a map. little louder, Willie? <laughs> it's already got the map. It already is doing the the location. Thing. I know, I know, but like you couldn't ask for a better app. <laughs> you could ask. You won't get yeah, one. Yeah, you could, but you, you wouldn't it. get one. Right, um, exactly. Yeah, out of luck. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, so let's let's wrap this part. Yeah, exactly. Just going uh-huh. around and asking. So these things are going to go live July 27th. So, um, Tim, when do you next expect to be at Walt Disney World after July 27th? Um, I don't have a projected date at the moment. Um, we're doing a, a cruise out of San Diego in January. So ah, that'll so be our first West, West Coast, Coast cruise. So that won't be an option. Right. So, you know, we're, we're debating whether we're doing anything this year or not. Uh, I do have clients though that are going in November, so okay. they will be making use of these. Okay, so you've got clients in November already planning on it. So yep. Willie, when's when do you next plan to be after? July I will 27th? be at um, 
Disney October 4th through the 8th or 9th. And then I'm going to Disneyland in uh, December. And then I'm going to Disney World with the Diz Dads for six days in January. And then we're going to do a little cruise. Okay. So so you're going to be at Walt Disney World a couple of times, not too long Mm -hmm. after July. You planning on Magic Band Plus for that trip? Uh, Yeah, I'm probably going to buy a few of them. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a I'm a a waste of money guy, as you know, Aaron. Yes, I spend money as fast as I can make it. Right. So, Aaron, um, I know you're going to be there in September. If so, yeah, before. I'm going to be there yeah. in September, and I, I'm 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 trying to decide. I mean, you're going to buy one. Part of me says, go ahead and get one just oh, yeah. to do the experience. Just to try it out. But, so you can, but you can tell us about so you can advise your clients. I know, but the flip side is, I just bought a magic band for that trip. Like, you know, four days before they made the announcement. So, you know, I've already invested in, maybe they'll give you a discount again. No, they won't. No, Uh, I checked. Disney wouldn't. No way. (laughs) The little link in my my mind. They shut me down real fast. Like, Hey, (laughs) we're out. So, so I'm trying to decide whether I want to spend it again. Now, I have to admit that I'm curious. And, and there's really, like 30 bands to choose from when you go um, to the. And well, I know you like the Marvel. thing that I think is most intriguing about them. I, I think after, you know, as we get rolling, I would not be at all surprised to see with a lot of families, you know, them getting maybe Magic Band Plus for just the kids, right? Because not everybody needs to have one. People right. can do no. different things. I could see so, that. You know, get it for the kids so that they can be occupied with the the Play Disney app while they're waiting in line. And, you know, the parents can be just fine with regular magic bands or just using their card or their phone. Um, so I, I just think ultimately it's just going to end up giving people more options. And, you know, they'll decide what what piece of that they want. You know, to experience. Well, we're excited about all this new stuff happening around Walt Disney World. Excited to get back and experience it ourselves. Uh, hey, if you get down there first, why don't you tell us about it? You can email us at podcast at disdads.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash disdadspodcast or uh, on Twitter at disdadspodcast. And if you want to reach out to us individually, if you want to, you know, let Willie know that uh, you want to take him to dinner at Victorian Alberts. You can send him an email at Willie at wickedmousetravel.com. Please don't invite me. <laughs> and uh, if you want to, you know, send an email to Tim and taunt him with your uh, photos of relaxed enjoyment at La Cava del Tequila, you can send that email to tim.hicks at fantasticmemoriestravel.com and don't forget, I'm the one that you need to get in touch with if you've got a show suggestion or if you want to get on the show and tell us about your Magic Man Plus experience I'm the, I'm your guy, so email me tim.hicks at fantasticmemoriestravel.com and if you want to uh, get in touch with me let me know how well the show is going how much you're enjoying everything you hear here you can send that to Aaron A-A-R-O-N at mousemastertravel.com and hey, if you've got a minute, stop by Apple Podcasts, rate and review the show. It does make it easier for other folks to find us and become part of this fun community. 
So until next time, I've been your host, Aaron Rittmaster, with my trusty co-hosts, Tim Hicks. We'll see you real soon. And Willie Crocker. He just dropped off, so time to put Willie to bed. Uh-oh, that's not good. I don't play that thing.